Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. Happy Pentecost, church. Happy Pride Month, church. It's our birthday. It's the day we celebrate the co-conspiracy, the birthday not only of Galileo Church, but the church through the ages and around the world. There are Christians everywhere today remembering together how God works, coming among us first as Jesus, embodied and local and specific and mortal, which is such a beautiful expression of solidarity with humanity with all the human limitations of being specific and local and mortal. And then how God came among us as the Holy Spirit, which is only as local and specific as our own bodies. The Holy Spirit now universally available and at work everywhere all at once. This is how it went down the first time. Acts chapter two, verses one through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, there were devout Jews, Jesus's religious kinfolk, from every nation under heaven, living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the 11, raised his voice and addressed them, people of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk yet, as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams even upon enslaved people, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. 
And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist, and the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. And then, and then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Y'all, I'm Katie. My pronouns are she, her. I don't know why I forget to tell y'all that. Sorry. I'm the lead evangelist here at Galileo Church. What we are doing here is telling each other a story. That's one way to say what worship is, is. We are here practicing a narration of our lives and our life together and the life of the world, confirmed by and checked against the testimony of our ancestors in faith and our neighbors around the world that makes the most best sense out of all that has happened and all that is happening and all that might happen. Because every week we are alive, stuff keeps on happening. And we keep coming back here to tell each other what happened to us, around us, because of us, in spite of us. And as we tell it, we adjust the narration. We edit the story to account for new experiences, new noticings, all the newness that the world keeps generating, the good shit and the bad shit and the shit we haven't decided yet, whether it's good or bad. We fold it all into the story and thus true up our aim toward the capital T, truth. Never imagining that we've arrived there That's what was happening on that Pentecost day in Jerusalem. It was not the first Pentecost. Let us not make that rookie anti-Semitic mistake. The festival of the weeks, it was called in the Torah, the law of Moses. And it was a celebration of the wheat harvest for our ancestors in faith. And then over the years, it came to also commemorate the giving of Torah, that law to Moses on Mount Sinai. And so Shavuot, the Hebrew word for weeks, and the name of this festival that we call Pentecost, called people to Jerusalem from all over to celebrate stability, or at least consistency. That the wheat grows in its season and is ready for harvest at about the same time every year, and that religious law is sufficient for understanding who God is and what God does. Now listen, this is a celebration a lot of us could get into, right? It's a joyful assertion that God is in God's heaven and all is right with the world. Selah. And then, that one day in Jerusalem, where they have gathered to celebrate stability, or at least consistency, thanks be to God, Something, something sounds like a freight train, violent and dangerous, everybody's hair on fire. 
something, something, sounds like language, but we can't be sure because we don't even know these words coming out of our own mouths. Something, something, Holy Spirit. And suddenly all the stability and consistency has been sucked out of the room and everything's changed. New shit has come to light, man. And while the first task, when something like that happens, is to make sure everybody's okay, scorched hair notwithstanding, the very near second task is to fold in the newness of this day, adjust the story, make it make sense. Now here you have options. You can be amazed and perplexed and ask each other, what does this mean? Which is a lovely, curious, seeking, sensing, communal, patient disposition, which makes it possible to see God, if God is there. Or you can shut it down. You can curl your lip into a sneer. Say it's nonsense. Smear the character of those who embody it. They're drunk, you'll say, or stupid, or selfish, or irreligious, or unchristian, or unpatriotic. And when Peter says, hey, hey, I think I might know what this is, guess which response is going to make it possible to hear him? He'll say, hey, hey, I think this might be what the prophet Joel said a long time ago, that one of these days, God was going to spread God's self out among all of us, all flesh, everybody, everywhere, all at once. And I think, I think that's what's happening now. What Joel said, God said was going to happen, and I think we're the ones it's happening to. Prophecy and visions and dreams, more ideas about the future than any one of us can hold on to alone. All of us together bringing our pieces of the story so that we get a better idea than ever before of what God is up to in this grand and glorious and vitriolic and violent world. Today is the day. I think it's now. I think it's us. Do you think so too? And if you are in the sneering, they must be drunk crowd, you will shake your head and wag your finger and hawk a loogie at their idiocy. But if you are in the amazed and perplexed crowd, asking each other what this might mean, well, then you go home tonight with a brand new story about God and the world God still loves and our place in it. See, really, that's all we're asking on this Pentecost Sunday, this birthday Sunday, this co-conspiracy Sunday, is what it might mean, all that has happened. And whether this story that we keep telling each other here is the truest account that we know. Does it make sense of our experiences of the world? Does it make sense of our growing understanding of ourselves and each other? Does it make room for the new shit that comes to light, good and bad? Does it ring true on the best day? Does it ring true on the worst day? Does the earth belong to the Lord and everything in it? Did God knit together your DNA and know who you were and speak your true name before you did 
Is the long arc of the moral universe bending toward justice? And does our hanging our weight on that arc make any difference to that trajectory and how long it takes? Do we here at Galileo Church speak truth to power, that's prophecy, and see visions and dream dreams about God getting everything God wants, irrespective of our position in the capitalistic, militaristic, nihilistic, white supremacist, cishet patriarchy we were born into? Is God's universal love for the whole human family embodied in Jesus of Nazareth and empowered by the spirit of the living Christ, the engine that powers the universe? And is holding lightly the things and people we love most a viable strategy for embodying that love here in this place? I'm asking, we're asking, is it true what we say here and a little bit truer all the time? And if you're not sure that it is on any given day, maybe even today, can you live like it is on any given day, even today? Leaning into the possibility that what God wants is justice for LGBTQ plus people. And what God wants is celebration of neurodiversity. And what God wants is more beauty, always more, and less bullshit, always less. And do you want to want that with us? And if you're saying yes to any of that, or even you're saying, mm, maybe, I could give that a try for a while. Well, this is your lucky day. Because the co-conspiracy of Galileo Church is open tonight, and you are invited. The way we do this is, everybody's commitment to the co-conspiracy of Galileo Church dissolves tonight, even mine, all of us, together, for just a minute, and that minute is now. We have zero co-conspirators in this church. We only make this promise for a year at a time because over a year's time, new shit comes to light. So we have to build in some opportunities for the story to change. So tonight, everybody gets to say yes who wants to, to prioritizing the missional life of Galileo Church for one year from today till next Pentecost when we ask all over again. Hey friends. My name is Missy. <laughs> hey, friend. My pronouns are she, her. Y'all, the table is everything. And the first time I shared a table with Galileo, it was not a table. It was a stalled line at a pizza truck at a pride festival. I'd been in town three weeks and I barely heard something on the 5 a.m. news about this pride parade that was going to be the next day in Fort Worth. I did lots of Googling, and I barely found anything, but I found it. I'd never been to a pride parade, but I was heading to one. 
The next day, because I'd never lived in such a big town, I misjudged the amount of time it would take to walk from where I needed to park, way over there to the parade. And I walked up right before this little bitty float came by. <laughs> a float that said, test our welcome and galileochurch.org. Galileo, I thought. Yes, science. <laughs> and someone carried a sign, somebody carried a sign that said, what Jesus said about being gay, dot, dot, dot. It's blank, nothing. Yes, I said out loud. And then the backs of the people's shirts said, we are not the center of the universe. I couldn't believe it. Maybe here are my people. After the parade, I went around to the booths, and there was this display that had a sign that said, Seeking Spiritual Refugees. I literally raised my hand in the air and said to the person there, That's me. I never knew what to call myself, but that's me. And the person at the booth spoke to me, and as we talked, I crossed my arms and said, I tell you what, God and I are fine, but people and I are not okay. We are not okay. And Katie Hayes said, I hear some form of that all the time. I could feel my body soften. I said, really? And she said, all the time. I thought I was alone. Later, I made my way to that pizza truck. And while those of us in line waited and assured the person working that it was okay, we were really okay waiting. I turned and I saw these two 20-ish women with those same Galileo shirts on. I crossed my arms and I said, so, tell me about your church. They gave each other panicked looks <laughs> and their eyes got very big and slowly they started telling me about their church. And by the time we finally got our pizza, we had become actually friends, me and Caroline and Michaela. I saw some people with those shirts on sitting on a little hill of grass, and I stopped and said something. After a little conversation, do you know what they did? They asked me to sit on the grass with them. They didn't know me. It was the beginning of October, kind of hot in Fort Worth, and we sat in the sun and sweated, and we talked a lot. There's a picture of us. It was not a table, but it was important. The next day, I actually went to this place, this church that met in the back of Red's Roadhouse, and I changed clothes and put on shorts and a tie-dye shirt just to see what they thought. Because <laughs> remember, it said, test our welcome. I was like, yes, see. <laughs> Not a person of the many Galileo people I met the day before was there, except Katie. They were too worn out from a day of pride, I'm sure. But there were some college-age kids, Karina, Sarah, Nathan, who talked to me afterwards, and they asked me to go eat with them. They didn't know me. But they sat with me and ate with me, and they talked with me. Galileo also had this thing they did called Bible and beer every Tuesday night. They would buy you a beer, and you could buy something to eat if you wanted, an hour of chatting, and an hour of this cool Bible study that was really different. I went to Fuzzy's Tacos, and the people did not know me, but they made room for me. And we sat around a table together and shared a pitcher of beer, 
and ate five-minute nachos sprinkled with fuzzy dust and talked about important and not important stuff. When I met Galileo, Kate and, Katie and Lance and their family had just moved to the homestead. There was lots of work to be done besides that unpacking. The land held so many flowers and plants, but had been neglected for a year because of the sickness of the previous plant person. So there was lots of cutting and beating back the jungle to be done. When I went over to help these folks who I barely knew, there were two pots of soup on the stove, and when it was time for lunch, we sat around a table. Us folks who had barely met each other, and some I had not even met at all, we shared that soup, and we got to know each other. I went to a G group that met really close to my house. I walked into the house of Travis and Harmony. We had never met. And as I walked in, Harmony handed me an 11-month-old baby <laughs> to hold while she finished up stuff. You see, I got the time wrong and arrived 30 minutes early. <laughs> they didn't even tell me I was early. They just gave me, a stranger, their little baby, Alora, to hold. I wouldn't know for weeks, y'all, that I was coming 30 minutes early every week. I thought every... <laughs> I thought everybody else was late week after week. Over the next few years, we sat around a table at their house and ate the best food, and we had wine, and we talked about our real lives. We welcomed lots of people we did not know yet into their home and later into my home. Around a table and around a living room, we got to know each other. During COVID, we all learned how to share space on Zoom with our friends and with people we had never met. We developed real relationships, no bullshit. We watched each other eat on camera. We watched, we watched cats on the backs of recliners. We became so close with people we had never met in person, so close that sometimes we didn't want to turn that camera off and go to bed. We wanted to share in the company of friends, old and new. We watched each other sleep even. We stopped calling that seeing each other in person. We stopped calling that real life. This life on a screen in shared space, this was and is real life. When we say we seek and shelter spiritual refugees, what a lot of that seeking and sheltering looks like is just talking to and hanging out with somebody we don't know. When we share all our spaces with people we don't know yet, whether it's a table or a not table, when someone asks to sit with us, when we ask to sit with somebody, when we widen a circle, when we just chat, I think, I believe that those spaces are made sacred. I believe that those spaces we share are as sacred as a slow line at a pizza truck. Will you pray with me? God, sometimes it's easier to just talk to the people we already know, especially when we're feeling tired and weary. But I ask you to help me always remember to sit by somebody I don't know, just as others did for me. Amen. Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. 
This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Rev. Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and those who love them. We do kindness to those in mental and emotional distress and celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support the production of this podcast and the ongoing missional priorities of this church, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Conspire With Us. You'll have options to use your Venmo or PayPal or use your credit card or bank account. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.